Do you know that from your position, you can change a situation? Do you also know that you are the master over the created world and that you are meant to rule over everything God has made? Listen carefully to Pastor Shegun Obaji as he brings to you with simplicity and clarity the message of the new creation realities in Christ Jesus. Be blessed as you listen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Welcome to church. God bless you. Hallelujah. Um, let's go straight into God's word today. Um, this month is a special one for us. We are looking at um, miracles of our union or oneness with Christ. Glory to God. Oneness with Christ. Now, I believe you might have heard of this um, phrase, in him, in whom, in Christ. Um, maybe you might have thought in your mind um, to know the meaning of that phrase, in him, in whom, in Christ. It simply means in union with Christ. In union with Christ. Glory to God. Now, um, it's just like a husband uh, saying that my wife is in me and I am in my wife. Does not necessarily mean that he lives in her, in, her, in his wife and the wife lives in him. All right? But it simply means they are one in covenant. They are in union. All right? Uh, the individuality of Christ is different from ours. All right? But we are one with him in that we are in union with him. That's what it means to um, refer to yourself as being in Christ. In him, in whom, in Christ. Glory to God. So we can say that... The wife is in the husband, in her husband. The husband is in the wife. They are one. Praise God. By virtue or by reason of the marriage covenant. Now, by reason of the new covenant, we are one with Christ. We are in union with him. And that word in him or in Christ or in whom is a legal word. Is a legal word. Uh, it is a word that shows capacity representation and authority capacity representation and authority the moment a woman gets married to a husband okay she begins to bear the name of the husband and what does that mean it simply means that in capacity in representation in authority she's now one with a husband Praise God. Okay? So that means she can represent a husband. Anytime the family name is mentioned, she can answer to that name. All right? As much and as well as a husband can. Glory to God. Uh, that's, that is powerful. It's a legal term. It's a legal expression. And I want us to dig into that today. In our union with Christ, what does it mean to be in union with Christ? Now, let's look at what our union in Christ um, offers us to start with, all right? Our union in Christ is the basis of identity, our identity, okay? Identity simply means um, your name, all right, your address, that which is known with you and you are known by. That's your identity. Glory to God. 
Okay? And that identity here is everything that we are. Everything that we have. Everything that is of value that is named with us. That we represent. That we are named with or by. That's our identity. And our identity is premised on our union with Christ. Now, you don't have identity without coming into union with Christ. Because union with Christ is the foundation of your identity. In fact, that's your identity. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 17 and verse 28. The Bible tells us that in him we live and move and have our being. Our being is in him, in union with him. Glory to God. So that means that our capacity to function the way we ought to is in union with him. Our ability to be that which God has created us to be is in union with Christ. Glory to God. So our identity is premised on our union with him. And then again, our life and living is premised on our union with him. Our life. Life is the principle that makes existence possible. Life is the principle that makes existence possible. Without life, existence is nothing. Alright? Life is the principle of existence. And then life is also the principle of living or being, better put. Praise God. So that means without life, there is no living or being. Being here is a function of life. So the Bible calls Christ our life. In Colossians chapter number uh, 3 and verse 4, the Bible calls him our life. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear. So that means Christ is the principle of our existence, is the principle of our being, is the force of our being, is the fountain of our being. Praise God. Now when God said to make man in his image after his likeness in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, he actually meant to make man like Christ. Alright? Sponsored by Christ. Energized by Christ. Glory to God. Fueled by Christ. That means God designed for us to live by the principle of Christ. Christ is our life. You know the Bible tells us that Christ is the image, the express image of God's person. And so God said, come let us make man in our image and after our likeness. So God actually meant to make man to be like Christ. Glory to God. Christ is our model. Christ is our express image. Christ is our form. Christ is the principle of our life. Glory to God. So um, our life and living Everything is premised on our union with Christ. Say hallelujah. (laughs) This life that you have received in God is Christ's life. It's the life of Christ. Amen. It is not natural life. It's the life of Christ. We'll dig into that much later. But let's just take it one step at a time. Then um, our fellowship with God is premised on our union with Christ. Okay. That means the platform the foundation of relationship with God is Christ. Our relationship with God. 
Now we cannot relate to God without Christ. The Bible says Jesus himself speaking. He says I am the way, the truth and the life. No man can come to the Father except by me. So Christ is the doorway to the Father. And he is the bond that exists between us and the Father. He is the reason we relate to the Father the way we do. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible tells us that our fellowship, our communion is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. So you can put it this way. Our communion is with the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So Jesus Christ has brought us into communion, fellowship with the Father. Can someone say amen to that? Fellowship with the Father. So our communion is with the Father. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9 says, God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his Son Christ, his Son Jesus Christ our Lord. God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his Son Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? So, by Jesus Christ, we have communion, fellowship with the Father. Now, this is the reason um, there are a lot of religions in the world. They're trying to get to God. They're trying to reach God. Amen? They're trying to reach God. And there's only one way to God, the true God. Amen? And Jesus, the Lord speaking in John 17 and verse 3, he says, this is life eternal, that they might know thee the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. That they might know thee, the only true God, the one true God, the one living God, through Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. Communion with the Father, the one true God, is only by him. There is no other way. Glory to God. There is no other way. There is no scheme of man. There is no philosophy of man. There is no religion of man that can reach God without Christ. There is no other way. Glory to God. Amen. And then number four, our fulfillment of destiny is premised on our union with Christ. We fulfill our God-given destiny in Christ Jesus. Now don't forget that in Christ Jesus there is um, an opening for us. To the mysteries of God regarding our lives. The things that God had written concerning us before the foundation of the world. Glory to God. Now, man's destiny cannot be stumbled upon by mistake. Man's destiny can only be discovered. You don't design your destiny. You don't make it up. You discover it. God's plan and God's purpose for you is not what you determine, it is what you discover. And that discovery is made in Christ, because in Christ are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Everything regarding your life, regarding the things that God would have you be, things that God would have you do, everything is in Christ. Say amen to that. Amen. So, fulfillment of destiny is premised on our union with Christ. Our union with Christ. Our union with Christ. Glory to God. 
our union with Christ. I love what Jeremiah said by the Spirit of God in Jeremiah chapter number 10 and verse 23. Jeremiah chapter number 10 and verse 23. He says, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. So that means the way that a man must go in life is not in himself. You cannot think and meditate and meditate and meditate within yourself all by yourself and just discover the way that you must go in life. No, it's not possible. It's not in you. All right? It is not in man that walks to direct his own steps. So two things here. The way that you must go in life, you're bearing the direction of your life. It's not what God has put in you all by yourself. It's in God. All right? And the steps you must take along that path all right, they are ordered by the Lord. Glory to God. So it's not enough to discover that path. You must also trust the Lord to order your steps on that path. So everything is in Christ. In Christ. So fulfillment of our God-given destiny is only possible in our union with Christ. In our union with Christ. Glory to God. And then number five. We understand that all that God has blessed us with, all the blessings that we have, all right, in God is in our union with Christ. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, where? In Christ. Where? In Christ, in our union with Christ. Glory to God. In our union with Christ. Now this is very, very important for us to know and understand. So in our union with Christ, we have our identity, we have our being, we have our life, we have fellowship or communion with God. In our union with Christ, our destiny is a reality, it's possible. In our union with Christ, we are blessed with all spiritual blessings. Where? In union with Christ. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Blessed. Can you say that to yourself? Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I can't hear you. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Now, um, how do we come in to union with Christ? How do we come into union with Christ? Now, we come into union with Christ by faith. Come on, say, by faith. By faith. All right. The moment you repose faith in God and you believe in him, the one that the father sent to die for your sins and was raised again to justify you from all your sins and all your guilt, then you come into union with Christ. Romans chapter 10 and verse 8. Romans chapter 10 and verse 8. The Bible tells us very clearly. It says... Um, in Romans 10 and verse 8, but what does it say? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, it says you will be saved. Glory to God. Now, how does a woman get married to a man? <laughs> she doesn't enter into the man and become one with the man. And lose her individuality. No. The man does not enter into her. To become one with her. And lose his individuality. No. They exchange words of faith. 
right? Words of faith before witnesses. So as they exchange words of faith, by those words, they come into union with one another. Did you see that? Words are powerful. The moment you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord of your life, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead for your justification, you come into union with Christ. It's a powerful union. Glory to God. You come into union with Christ. And the moment you come into union with Christ, certain privileges, certain blessings begin to accrue to you. They are credited to your account by reason of that union. Hallelujah. Now, if a woman who is not uh, so rich gets married to a billionaire, all right, that changes her status forever. True? By reason of marriage, covenant, union. Union. Now, if her father's name couldn't open doors for her before, her husband's name will begin to open doors for her. Amen? By reason of that union. Glory to God. Are you following what I'm saying here? So that means it does not matter how you've lived and the standard of living you've lived by before coming to Christ. The moment you repose faith in Jesus Christ, your status changes. For the better. Amen? (laughs) For the better. Glory to God. That means you come into union with Christ, you become one with Him. His glory is now your glory. His riches are now your riches. His blessings are now your blessings. His name is now your name. Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. See, salvation here is not uh, getting saved and you feel sorry for yourself. And they ask you, Are you born again? You say, Well, I'm, I'm, I'm saved now, I'm born again. So life now, you know, feels very miserable. No, 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 no. 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 You're born again simply means you're blessed. Hallelujah. You've come into union with Christ. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. Mm-hmm. So it tells us here, the, the moment you repose faith in Jesus Christ, you come into union with him. And this union with Christ is twofold. It is legal and Vital. It is legal and vital. Now, the legal union that we have with Christ is the union that brings us into the blessings of Christ regarding all that He's done for us. Now, we didn't do that with Him, and we didn't do that um, around Him, all that He did. He did for us. Okay? And now we're look, looking at the preposition for. That means it is speaking of something very, very deep here. Substitution. Substitution. Amen. That means it took our place. Now in coming into this union with Christ through faith, there are certain things you must understand regarding this union. Number one, that there are certain things that he's already done for you. Before coming into union with him. Now you're coming into union with him to enjoy the blessings. To enjoy the benefits of what he's already done for you. Glory to God. (laughs) Amen. So substitution here. Understand who Jesus was. What he did for you. Alright. 
and the things that he's brought you into by reason of your union with him. Your union with him. Okay? Um, if a man doesn't understand the marriage covenant, the man feels, well, this woman wasn't even there when I was making my money. I'd even made my money before I got married to her. Okay? So why should she enjoy the blessings? <laughs> That's ignorance. If you understand the marriage covenant, you don't have anything that your wife doesn't have access to. If you have anything that your wife doesn't have access to, all right, you're ignorant of the marriage covenant. All right? That's why, you see, um, the understanding of covenant is very important to walking with God. Amen? Very important. Glory to God. Let me give you an example. When Abraham entered into covenant with Jehovah, and Jehovah requested for his son, do you know he couldn't hold back from Jehovah? Because he understood covenant. Abraham was a covenant man. He didn't say, you know what, can you have my life and just spare my son? After all, I'm an old man. Let me die. All right, but this one, this is the person extending me to the ends of the world. Please take my life. He didn't argue with God. The following morning, he took his son. He went to the place that God said to sacrifice him. Praise God. And he, he wanted to do it. He was ready to do it. Praise God. Why? Because he couldn't hold back from God. In the covenant, you can't hold back. That's why it's a covenant. Glory to God. You cannot hold back. Say amen to that. That's why it's a covenant. Glory to God. So, um, in the covenant of union with Christ, everything that is Christ is ours. Amen? Everything that is ours is Christ. Glory to God. That's what it means. That's the covenant. That's why the Bible says we've been bought with a price. Alright? Therefore we should glorify God in our spirit and in our bodies which are the Lord's. They are the Lord's. They belong to Him already. Glory to God. We don't own ourselves. We belong to Him. Christ does not have Himself to Himself anymore. <laughs> Christ cannot lay claim on himself anymore. In union with him, he belongs to us. <laughs> Glory to God. Little wonder the Bible tells us in Galatians chapter number 3 and verse 29. It says, if ye be Christ's, <laughs> then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. Joint. Equal. 100%, 100%. Alright, not 50-50. <laughs> Glory to God. Not 50-50. Alright, he has 100% access to us and ownership of us. We have 100% access to him and ownership of everything that he is. That's why we bear his name. That's why we carry his honor. Glory to God. Say amen to that. Glory to God, glory to God, amen and amen. So, the moment you repose faith in God, understand that you have come into that union with him and understand substitution, what he has done for you. For, for, for. All right, let me run you through that very quickly. 
Alright. Um, Isaiah chapter number 53, verses 4 and 5. It says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, spirit of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. <laughs> Glory to God. I like the Amplified Version, if you can get that for us, in verse 4. Beautiful. Beautiful. Verse 4. Alright? It tells us, it says, Surely he has borne our griefs, meaning sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses. He didn't say, he shall bear our griefs. He said, he has borne our griefs. Okay? He bore them for us ever before we had enough sense to come to him. Glory to God. Ever before we came into union with him, he did this for us. Glory to God. He has borne our griefs, sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses, and carried our sorrows. The word carried there is from the root word nasar. It means to carry away beyond the reach of the one who was burdened with it to start with. That's what it means, to carry what? Away, Nassar. <laughs> it's just like the scapegoat. Amen? The scapegoat to carry away. Praise God. Hallelujah. So what that means is this. That he's carried our sorrows and pains of punishment beyond our reach. You can't reach them anymore. <laughs> Don't try to look around for them. Where's my pain? No, it's not your pain anymore. All right? Praise God. He bore them for you. He took them from you and bore them for you. He took them from you and bore them for you. He took them from you and bore them for you. Glory to God. That's a powerful rhyme. He took them from you and bore them for you. Away from you. Beyond your reach. Glory to God. (laughs) Hallelujah. He says, yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as if with leprosy. Verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Oh dear. That means the burden of sin ought not to be borne by you anymore. Glory to God. The guilt is gone. The condemnation is gone. He says, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for, uh, for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful. To obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. Say amen. Amen. Glory to God. He did that for you. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. He did that for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. 2 Corinthians. You know, these things that we share are simple as they are. This is the foundation of our faith. If these things are not well understood, people struggle to believe God for things that he's already done for them, for things that he's already given to them. Okay? You know, it's very simple. It's like, okay, well, just look at the way he's sharing. It's just sharing. <laughs> you know, the, the very important things in life are shared simply. Mm-hmm. Just simply shared. <laughs> it's just like being with um, very successful people. All right, and you're just talking over coffee. And they say things that will make your business for life, jokingly. They just laugh over it. 
<laughs> but they have given you a secret. Amen? Amen. Alright. And when they get to seminars and conferences and people are very serious, they are serious too. Okay? So they just say the very serious things. You know, most of the serious things that people share in life are not secrets. Going by what they are, they are, they are serious things. They may just be principles. Principles are not secrets. I can tell you how to get to a door is a principle. I may not give you the key to open it. Amen. Secrets are the things that you act on and you get results. Glory to God. <laughs> All right. So, Second um, Corinthians five and verse twenty-one. For he had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He made him to be sin for us. For us. Who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. What does that mean? It simply means that Jesus Christ was condemned for you. Jesus Christ bore your guilt. Your condemnation. Glory to God. He was condemned for you. He knew no sin. He was never a sinner. But he took your place as your substitute and was condemned for you. So that you, who knew sin, who was a sinner, might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's a legal term. Righteousness is a legal term. Justification is a legal term. What it means is this. All right, Somebody takes your place is condemned for you and you are justified because of that person's condemnation. That's that's what it is. Praise God. Okay? Not because you're worthy to be justified all by yourself or by your works, but because someone else took your place and there was a transference of the chastisement of your peace upon him. That means the punishment that was meant to come to you fall upon you God caused that punishment to go to him, to fall upon him, so that by that exchange, by that substitution, you might come into justification. Say amen to that. He did that for you. Praise God. Amen. The day I realized that Jesus Christ was condemned for my justification, anytime the devil seeks to condemn me, I always ask myself this question. Was Jesus Christ condemned for real for me? If I cannot deny the fact that he was condemned for me, then why should I deny the fact that I am justified by reason of his condemnation for me? (laughs) So I tell the devil, "Can can you prove it to me if you have enough sense? All right? To tell me that Jesus was not condemned for me. If you cannot deny the fact that Jesus was condemned for me, praise God, then I cannot deny the fact that I'm justified. Who is going to lay a charge against God's elect? Amen? Alright? If, even if there's something to set to, I will go to my father. You see, the blessing of righteousness is the blessing of access. <laughs> it makes the devil mad. Amen. It's a blessing of access. Like you mean you and then you can go and say to it. 
Amen. <laughs> He's just like, you know, a child that has done something wrong and daddy shows up all of a sudden. The child says, okay, I've done something wrong, but I'm still a child. In this family, I have access to my father. I can talk it with daddy. Let's go and discuss this thing. Okay? Praise God. Daddy, when you were away, I did something wrong. I broke something. Why? I was running in the sitting room. I didn't know. Alright? And the thing just dropped. Okay? Alright? Okay, so that's fine. Thank you for being sincere and opening up. I'll take care of that. Daddy settles it. Daddy can buy another one bigger than that. That's daddy for you. Doesn't mean daddy is wasteful. Daddy is merciful. Daddy is gracious. Daddy understands the place of a son in the house. Daddy is not going to reject that son and say, you, you, break, you, you broke my stuff, I banish you and your mother. <laughs> that is not... That is not like that. <laughs> you and your mother, you keep breaking things in this house. Do you want to wreck me? <laughs> no. No. Glory to God. Daddy doesn't transfer the offense or sin <laughs> of his child to, you know, his mother. No. No. Say amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying here? And this is a blessing that God has. We're going to look at that, you know. And then let me quickly let you in on this quickly. Second Corinthians chapter eight and verse nine. Second Corinthians chapter eight and verse nine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Four, four. This word four is coming again. Can you see that word staring you in the face and say, can, can, "What are you going to do with me today?" What are you going to make of me? For. For. Substitution. <laughs> what are you going to make of this big deal? Amen. This great substitution. Mm. Yet for your sakes he became poor. That you through his poverty might be rich. For your sakes. <laughs> now if he did something for my sake. And I, I don't want to ignore that. Okay. If I told you I was going out to buy you something, all right, something that you like to eat, for example, a chocolate cake, you like it, right? So I go out to buy you chocolate cake, and I brought it to the house and said, here's a chocolate cake you like to eat, amen? And then you say, well, I'm coming. Alright? You ignore it. It shows that there's something wrong somewhere. It's either you're ignorant of the fact that I didn't go out to greet my friends. I didn't go out because I felt, you know, the house was boring. I went out to do something for you in your favor. Now brought it to you. You can't ignore it. That's dishonor. Amen? Don't ignore what Christ has done for you. Take it. Say hallelujah. Take it. Glory to God. Say thank you for it and receive it. Amen. He says he became poor. He was rich. He was not poor. All by himself. The Bible says he was rich yet 
for your sakes he became poor for my sake hallelujah and this is the reason why i i, I refuse to be poor it's, it's not uh, just because um, you know you just have to struggle 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 and just come out of poverty so that your generation does not suffer you see that that reason is not sustainable because your, your children may not see see it like that they feel like you know they, they just want to live an average life <laughs> But this reason is eternal. Amen? Why do you want to be rich? Alright? Because Jesus did something for me that I cannot ignore. Alright? He was rich, yet for my sake. Ah, it's, it's, it's evident there. Read it. Yet for my sake, he became poor. That I, that I, that I, that I, that you, through his poverty, might be rich. So I'm blessed. And you see, this, this forms the basis of creativity. Alright, you say, Lord, I know what you have done for me. My mind is blessed. I see solutions. I see opportunities. Before you know it, the Spirit of God starts pouring into your mind. And you become creative. You become innovative. You see? <laughs> but this, this baseline must be there. This foundation must be there. Say amen to that. He did that for you. Can someone say amen to that? All right. Glory to God. So, let's begin to tie this up now. This is just um, a way of introducing you to something. Okay? This is an introductory class. I mean, into introductory class. <laughs> amen. Praise God. It's a class of introduction bringing you to, to terms with what you need to know to enter into the fullness of what God has for you. Praise God. Now, look at um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Okay? Now, it tells us, it says, If any man be in Christ, is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, I want to show you two things here very quickly and then we close. Number one, I said that there are two sides uh, to salvation, to our redemption in Christ, the legal and the vital. The legal and the vital. Now, the legal here has to do with what Christ has done for you. Okay? Without you. The vital is what Christ does in you all right he does it in you so that means it's something that happens in you now and then it is an ongoing thing it goes on and on and on and on the legal side was done once and for all okay when jesus christ was crucified on the cross and then he died and was raised from the dead and ascended up on high and sat at the right hand of the Father between his crucifixion and his enthronement. The finished work of Christ was concluded. Amen. The legal side was concluded. And the book was closed, finished, and sealed. Glory to God. Done. Now, the vital side goes on again and again and again. On and on and on and on. That means something now happens in you 
as a result of what he has done for you. Did you see that? Okay. Now he died to take your place. Now because he died to take your place, something now happens in you because of what he's done for you. Now you see that our union with him, the legal side, the vital side, they are very much related, right? You cannot have anything happen in you or something happen in you that is not related to what he's done for you. Did you see that? Okay. Now because he took your place and died in your stead, then you are saved. You're born again now by faith in him. Did you see that? Good. So, let's tie this together very quickly. Number one, the legal side. Okay, what is done for you. Number two, the vital side. What he's doing in you. Amen. I said amen. Now, um, let me say this very quickly as we close. There are people, God's children, who have lost the connection between the legal side and the vital side of their union with Christ. And what they do is they hold on to the legal side without allowing God to work out that which is done, accomplished legally in them vitally. Now let me say this. Faith in what Christ has done for you is very important. In addition to that, the Holy Spirit is the one responsible for bringing into pass or bringing to pass the the vital side of your union with Christ, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that brings you into that vital experience of what Christ has done for you. Now, I always tell people, some people will say, I'm a word person, I'm a word person, I'm not a spirit, spirit, spirit person. And I just wonder, that's confusion. You can't be a word person and not be a spirit person. How, how would the word of God come to pass in your life? <laughs> Amen. What the angel told Mary, how did that come to pass in her life? He says, how shall these things be, seeing that I know not a man? The Holy Spirit shall come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. And then you will conceive. So we see the, the union between the spoken word and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Verse 45 of Luke chapter 1. Alright. Elizabeth full of the Holy Ghost said to Mary, Blessed is she that believed. She's believed already. Look at it. Blessed is she that believed. Not she that believeth or is believing. Blessed is she that believed. Now, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. How shall the performance be by the Holy Ghost? So, someone believes that by the stripes of Jesus he's healed. And there's a word of knowledge that somebody says, no, no, don't give me a word of knowledge. I'm already healed. I'm healed. The person may die in that sickness. Because he doesn't understand the connection between the legal side and the vital side of salvation. Amen? Okay? Someone believes that um, yes, I believe that Jesus Christ, though he was rich, became poor for my sake. And through his poverty, now I am rich, I am blessed, I am blessed, I am blessed. I'm, and he's confessing that. And there is a seminar on you know, how to make money in church. 
he will not attend. There's a book to read. He will not read. Amen? Okay, the Spirit of God is ministering to him. So he it and tap into that grace of prosperity that flows to bring to pass what Christ has done for you. He will not sow seeds. So you see them, they have bogus confessions, but no results. Because they don't know how to bring that link, that bridge between the legal and the vital side. There's, there's no separation actually. All right, It's only in the minds of people that there's a separation. All right? But you see, this is how to make it happen. Understand the activity of the Holy Spirit in your life. What the Spirit does to bring you into the fulfillment of what God has said to you. Performance. Performance. Blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things that were told her from the Lord. Say hallelujah. Okay. I believe you've been blessed today. (laughs) Glory to God. Amen and amen. And I pray for you today that in the name of Jesus, the hand of the Lord is strong upon you. The Spirit of God is strong upon you. The glory of God is strong upon you. You go from glory to glory, from strength to strength. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I declare and decree concerning you that the Spirit of God is walking on you, walking in you. There's a free flow of grace in you and through you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Praventure, you're watching and you're not born again. It's an opportunity for you to put your faith in Christ Jesus. Repent of your sins right now and say these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins and I receive you as Lord of my life. I believe that you died for my sins. And on the third day, you were raised again for my justification. Today, I declare and I decree That according to the word of the Lord, I am saved. I am born again. And thank you for the gift of eternal life. Amen. If you said that prayer, you got born again for real. And I want you to look at the number on the screen. Uh, Send a text message to the number on the screen telling us that you're saved. We'll send you some materials that will help you uh, to grow in your faith. In your faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. God bless you.